You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Alexa, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential, member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday, midweek of the podcast. No podcast yesterday due to some technical difficulties, but we're back, and better than ever, let's say, right now as we dive into everything leading up to training camps, and I promise you guys, hold me to it, podcast the rest of the week, because we got a lot to cover. And there's also a lot going on around the NBA, including an update on the Jimmy Butler situation. And I said we were going to take a look at that and talk about that a little bit as well. And some other things going on around the association as well, with the Clippers making a kind of interesting hire. So we'll take a look at that potentially unstable situation out there in Minnesota, and then maybe take a look at what's going on with the Clippers. And hey, Is there any position the Pelicans might need to make an unusual hire in? Not campaigning for a job. I'll tell you guys what I'm thinking, and I think it'll definitely be a good thing. So let's just jump right into it in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So the Minnesota Timberwolves and Jimmy Butler. This is an interesting situation because there's a lot of smoke coming out, and usually where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think that cliche and idiom kind of applies to this situation where you're hearing a lot of Not good talk uh, about them right now. Jimmy Butler supposedly is unhappy and is now meeting, supposedly met with yesterday, head coach and president of basketball operations or whatever title he is. He runs the team in both capacities. Tom Thibodeau. It was originally supposed to take place in Minnesota, but it seems like Jimmy Butler has taken a page from Wikipedia, which is the Michael Scott playbook for negotiation tactics and changed the location of the meeting At the last minute, Tibbs, last we heard, according to Woj, was getting on a plane and flying out to Los Angeles. It's funny to make jokes about this, and I said on Twitter, I'm waiting for Woj to tweet out that Jimmy Butler spoke in hushed, quiet tones to create a position of power, and that he got up and left the room a number of times to just confuse his opponent, Tibbs, in this situation. I think this is probably just more Butler was working out in LA, didn't want to interrupt the workouts by flying there and back, and it was just easier and made more sense for Tibbs to head out there. So I don't really want to read too much into the, like he made Tibbs fly out there, but my God, does it lend itself to the jokes? But there seems to be some unrest and uneasiness in Minnesota. You have a situation where Carl Anthony Towns hasn't even signed the extension that's on the table for him. And I'm not worried about that. You can read a little more into that if you want, but it's that rookie extension that every single player signs. That max rookie deal, I think that's going to get signed. I wouldn't worry about that too much. So it's not like he's out or that they're going to trade him. They're going to sign him to that deal, and then they can always figure it out later. But at least they will sign him to that. But it seems like, you know, if you're Jimmy Butler, if you want out, okay, it's not the best timing to make a trade. Now that the draft's over, the draft picks become uncertainties when you don't really know where they're going to fall. And the Minnesota Timberwolves then are going to have less leverage with him. He's going to be a free agent after this coming season. So maybe that gives him some more leverage. This is really the only time that players have any power while they're under their contracts. So maybe he's just trying to kind of use that a little bit and get a bit of a better situation for him. I don't think this means that they're going to blow that team up. They made the playoffs last year. They're very young. They're very talented. 
And by all means, they should be improving for next season. Maybe you think they take a step back. Maybe you're not as high on Carl Anthony Towns as a lot of other people are as well. That could be a big thing there too. But one guy whose name you're going to see come up a lot is Andrew Wiggins. And this is a guy I don't think the Pelicans really have a chance to kind of make a move for. He's under contract for longer, and it's long-term money, and it's a lot of money. And he's not living up to that contract. And the Timberwolves president, or owner, whoever it was, even said that when they signed with that deal, that that deal kind of reflected um, his potential more than his actual contributions to the team. Here's the thing for the Pelican salary cap situation and without kind of diving too deep into the weeds on this, you know, they can't take on a lot of long-term big money right now because you do need to sign Miritich to another deal. Potentially you've got uh, Julius Randall, who's going to be a free agent and you don't have his bird rights, meaning you can't go over the cap to re-sign him. I think these all lead to kind of bad situations potentially for the New Orleans Pelicans and trying to make a move for a guy like that. You need to do it either for someone who's expiring or you're going to need to send out Randall or Miritich in a deal to make it work. Ideally both and not just one because the Pelicans can have somewhere maybe 25 to 30 million in cap space. I'm approximating. I'm not pulling the numbers up right now. But, you know, if you use that all on Wiggins or if all of a sudden Wiggins comes to the team, you're not going to have that. You'll have 10 million. 10 million is probably not going to bring back Julius Randle next year. It might not even bring back Nikola Mirotic. So they do have his bird rights, so they can go over to the cap to sign him. But it almost certainly means that Randle's gone after one season. So while Andrew Wiggins is a wing and a small forward and has played 82 games, three out of his four seasons in the league, and the one season where he didn't play 82 games, he played 81. So this dude's he plays. He's only 22, maybe 23 now. Uh, and you know, he's young again, four seasons in the league. He averaged 17.7 points per game last season. The year before that 23.6 for his career, it's 19.7. That's some scoring. He's athletic. He can rebound a little bit though. He's not great there. He can run and all of that too. Just simply put because he's wing that, that it makes money and might be on the move. The Pelicans can't get them because of the way their salary cap is set up. So while it hasn't hampered them so far, the salary cap situation might finally be coming to a head with this team a little bit because of this, that it's kind of hampering, I guess is the right word. I was saying hinting, but that's not it. Uh, some of the moves that they're potentially going to be able to make with him uh, going forward or with him for, with this team going forward because they can't take on those long-term salary obligations. So unfortunately, Jimmy Butler's likely not going to come here. They're not going to have the assets for him. Certainly another team can kind of do that. Towns ain't going anywhere. Also, I don't know how much he and AD get along too well. And we've hinted at stuff with that here on the podcast. And certainly Wiggins, eh, no. And frankly, it's just kind of a no-go. But certainly some unrest there in Minnesota. And the best thing, if you're looking at this from a Pelicans outlook, is maybe it causes some dysfunction. Maybe they do end up blowing up the team, removing things. And that just gets rid of one other Western Conference playoff contender. Certainly a good thing, considering how tight the Western Conference playoff race is shaping up to be. So before we get to kind of some surprise breaking news, look, we all love a night out. We all love going to the Superdome and cheering on the Saints. We all love going to the Smoothie King Center and rooting for our Pelicans. Any kind of night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on whatever your favorite team might be. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. 
Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events that you want to go to. Saints, Pelicans, LSU, any concert you want to see, and we have tons of those here in New Orleans. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. Make sure you are sitting by your friends. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more to just save just a little bit more money. Use it for concessions, pocket it, whatever you want to do. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On, L O C K E D O N, Locked On, for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, enter the promo code locked on for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help get you to your favorite live event. So we just had a Woj bomb while recording this. We got some live breaking news here, which makes it easy to talk about. And that's the 76ers have hired former player Elton Brand to be their new GM. They've been going through this search since Colangelo was let go. They successfully navigated free agency and some other big periods here in the NBA with head coach Brett Brown kind of running the show. Monty Williams is also there with him, maybe as an advisor of sorts. And finally, you know, they've interviewed a lot of internal guys and a lot of external guys before deciding on Elton Brand. It's a bit surprising considering I don't believe he has a whole lot of front office experience, if any, but he does have experience with the 76ers organization. And you know what? I like this hire. I think it's a bit unconventional. That's kind of what the Sixers have done since they've been in that Sam Hinkie era, which is still over and maybe it's still kind of ongoing because maybe he forced out Colangelo with his machine learning algorithm or what have you that kind of caught the burner accounts and everything. But sometimes these unconventional hires work out. Look at a guy like John Lynch leading the San Francisco 49ers right now. And sometimes you just kind of kind of buck the trend and go a different way. Here in New Orleans, we get that. The do it big motto is born from that. Um, and sometimes it's out of desperation. Sometimes it's not. But I like this hire for a number of reasons. The first is they need to rebuild trust with their players and the rest of the NBA as a whole. Don't forget their GM potentially, or the wife who took the kind of fall as the scapegoat and everything was bad-mouthing his own players. That's not get, get, not going to get guys to really believe in you. And in free agency, that's going to make players probably shy away from you if it turns out they don't play well or what have you in that kind of situation. Well, Elton Brand can connect with players on a level that none of those guys could because he is a former player. He's one of them. He understands what they go through more than most other people do. I think that's going to go a long way towards recruiting pitches, someone who can really connect with these guys on a different level than someone who's just kind of rose up the ranks through coaching or front office and isn't a former player, let alone a former star. He was one of the top 10 players at his peak when he was healthy in the NBA. So I think that's a real big deal for this team. They also have a number of just kind of smart guys in the front office, it seems like, and what everyone seems to say. When you look at what they did in free agency, and this wasn't a disaster and all of that, that's got to speak to the character and the ability of the people in their front office to do their jobs without someone really leading the ship, someone at the helm. They've got a number of smart people there, simply. And having those guys around Elton Brand and maybe trying to execute his vision as a former player can certainly make things easier for him. He's got what it seems like is a very 
very good support staff in there. I think that's a big part of this. Most teams might not be able to make this move, but if you really believe in the rest of the guys in the room, and most play teams have 10 or so people in their front office doing a variety of different things, but also then still you know, advising and kind of helping reach a conclusion that the GM ultimately needs to kind of make decisions on player movement, different things like that. So I think this is good because those guys are going to have strong voices. They should have a good bit of influence in the the mindset of Elton Brand. And I think that might go a long way. It also might make that position more attractive if you're an upcoming front office guy, knowing that this guy really will listen to you because he's not kind of set in his ways and he's likely going to be open to everything. So I think this is a good move. And again, I think the biggest thing here is really him trying to connect with other players. You're not going to have him bad-mouthing players because he knows how that would go if he was one of them. And I think that's the biggest thing thing here. They're also in very good position. They've got to re-sign their own guys. They've got to kind of do a little bit of retooling around the edges, but for the most part, they can stay the course that's already there. They're not in the need of a rebuild or to get creative or try and figure out how to bottom out and retain assets and different things like that. They just kind of stay the course that's already been set and has been set for a while. And certainly most people might be able to kind of go along with that. But now it kind of gives it an extra level here with Elton Brand. So I actually like this hire. Of course, it remains to be seen. We can't evaluate GMs on their first day on the job. He'll be unveiled Thursday. We'll be there for media day, it sounds like. And kind of go from there in three or four years, this is either going to look like a brilliant hire, might not look like a brilliant hire, or because we don't know yet, it's too early to try and grade these things, might just be fine. And they're okay. And they keep making the playoffs and losing in the second round or what have you. And maybe that's okay, though. I don't think that's what they want. But certainly, if he's able to then go out and somehow land a star, you've got a rising star of a GM coming through the ranks. But it sounds like Elton Brand, new GM of the 76ers, really made an impression on the ownership of the team during his interview. So good luck to him. And we'll see how that goes. So before talking about maybe the surprising hire, the weird hire, we should call it, the Locked On Podcast Network is going back to college. I teased some of it yesterday. Yeah, we have a Locked On LSU coming soon. And now we've got Locked On Wolverines, Locked On Florida State Seminoles. We've got the Locked On Oregon Ducks, the Alabama Crimson Tide, the Kentucky Wildcats going to cover a ton of basketball there, Razorbacks, Volunteers, the Upset-Minded BYU Cougars. Find your favorite college show, find your alma mater on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. So the surprising hire was not Elton Brand. It was the Clippers hiring Sports Illustrated writer Lee Jenkins, who does excellent features and is an outstanding writer and probably one of the best in the business to a front office position of, and this is newly created, this didn't exist before, executive director of research and identity. Yeah, that's a position. Not quite sure what it means. I'm sure we'll find out and he probably is going to have a hand in writing his own job description, but an interesting out of the box hire and we'll see what they can do to kind of weave in his talents. And he's considered, you know, a preeminent sports journalist. And if he can kind of use his ability as a storyteller and he does a lot of in-depth profiles of people and things like that with this, this franchise, it'll be interesting to see how those two things kind of get woven together. But this led me to be thinking, and of course I host the Wednesday edition of Locked on NBA alongside John Corrales, and we've been having fun in the third segment here of the podcast in recent weeks, where what other weird job titles should teams have? And we've kind of bounced around all over the place. We came up with a few, the two, three that I said, you need to have like a class reunion officer for the Minnesota Timberwolves since you're getting 
all of those old Bulls players back together. You're going to have Derrick Rose, Lou Aldang, maybe Noah is going to be there too, alongside Jimmy Butler as well. You've got four guys who kind of were on the same team around the same time and all of that together. And of course, it's the team that your head coach it was the former coach of. So get a guy that just makes them feel comfortable. Change out all of their colors to some red, like in, in the locker room, get them all red M&M so they don't get confused about where they are. Those both teams were pretty good. Maybe if you keep kind of everything around them the same, maybe they'll play better. So we came up with that. I said the uh, Sacramento Kings also need to have a success coach on their roster because Vladi has been an absolute disaster as GM and that whole franchise has been a bit of a disaster and nothing good. I mentioned we need to, the, the Los Angeles Lakers need to hire a football coach for their team because we've seen LeBron James swing some passes at these guys in practice saying, if you don't have your head up, I'm going to break your nose with a pass. Football players are taught to keep their head on a swivel, know what's going on, be aware of their surroundings. So maybe they need to teach some of the young guys there so they don't break their nose with that. John came up with, um, you need a music coach to keep John Dolan busy and just make him a better musician, the owner of the Knicks, and maybe just keep him away from that team. And then I finally joked and said, certainly you also need to get a geography or science teacher for the Boston Celtics to let Kyrie Irving know that the earth is flat. But if we're going to maybe keep this serious-ish, but also fun, what should the Pelicans hire? What would their kind of weird hire, weird job title be? And I did come up with one for this team, and it's one we've talked a lot about here. But I would uh, hire a guy, I don't know, chief culture officer. Doesn't necessarily need to work in the locker room with the players, but if you want him to do that, or her, I should say, this person can do that. But someone who maybe is a native New Orleanian who understands what the fan base is looking for, kind of has their finger on the pulse of all of that and can translate that to the in-arena experience. So someone with the, for the promotions team, PR team, what have you, that really focuses on creating a very unique atmosphere in games that's specifically tied for the Pelicans and to the city of New Orleans. Integrate them a whole lot more. We've discussed this a lot on the podcast. It's one of the number one things I hear from people when we talk at games, that they want a much more unique New Orleans-like experience that you can't get anywhere else. Tulane uses the motto, only at Tulane, only in New Orleans. The Pelicans don't do anything like that, and it seems just such an easy selling point. And so I think they should hire a chief culture officer to kind of bring that experience to people at games. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Let me know on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake what you think the weird job title, weird role the Pelicans should hire and why. We'll try and read some of the best ones on here if we get enough good ones. So as always, thank you for listening. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media. Of the media. Editor of LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow as we get even closer to training camp.